Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. There's another situation that, you know, at times has been something the world has been, um, you know, paying close attention to. It's, it's sort of grabbed the attention of the world. Right now, though, it hasn't for understandable reasons. But maybe we need to pay a little more attention to what's going on in North Korea. As you've probably heard occasionally now and then, um, missile tests happening more and more often have certainly been ramping up. Um, and not a lot of people talking about it, but they've done a bunch of them. And what does it mean? Is it something we need to be concerned about? Let's get the very latest on what's happening with North Korea with James Trotje, who is a fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. He's a lawyer, former career Canadian diplomat, led four diplomatic missions to North Korea. He was also in charge of political, economic, and diplomatic affairs at the Canadian Embassy in South Korea and served as a diplomatic liaison to the U.S. and U.N. forces in South Korea. Uh, James, thanks for joining us again. Always nice to chat. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, yeah, I mean, just bring us up to speed. What's been going on with North Korea? Because occasionally you'll hear in the news, hey, uh, North Korea fired another missile. Uh, just tell us exactly what they've been up to there. Well, well exactly. And as you said in your opening comments, I, I, I'm concerned that um, just as the world was taken aback by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the, the seeds of future tensions may have been, maybe have been planted right now in, in Northeast Asia. So there have been 11 or... Um, uh, uh, nine missile uh, launches, test launches, since the beginning of January by uh, North Korea. And they've included ballistic missiles, cruise missiles, uh, a variety of missiles. And the, the most recent one was just last Saturday on March the 5th, and there was one previously on Sunday, February 27th. And North Korea has now indicated that it plans to resume launching of reconnaissance satellites, which are of concern because these use the same banned ballistic missile technology as ballistic missiles use. So, and as you said, these have received kind of scattered intermittent yeah. coverage in international media. So just talk about the missiles, like you say, these are some of these ballistic missiles that were, um, what, what is the concern? Is it new? Is this something they haven't done before? Is this a new development? Just talk about the missiles themselves for a minute. Well, the missiles are a variety of, 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 Types. So basically what the North Koreans do, and this is one of the reasons why they, why they have launched these, why they do these missile tests, is in order to enhance and upgrade a weapon systems in order to increase their military capability. Yeah. So in most cases, it's missiles that they have, uh, un, they've, had, they've shown before, some of them they've fired before, but each time they, they do these tests, it upgrades their, their system and their, their preparedness. Um, but the other reason why they, they do this is to get on the U.S. agenda and prod the U.S. into trying to uh, into get a substantive engagement on negotiations. And the third reason would be to negotiate from a, a position of strength if and when negotiations resume. So there are a variety of, uh, of missiles. They're not, they're not new, yeah. but, they're, uh, but they're upgraded. Uh, uh, types of what they've used before. Gotcha. Now the timing, as you say, there's a bunch of different reasons why they do this. There's also reasons to why they do it when they do it. So it's not surprising to you that we're seeing this activity right now, right? Right. So we had expected that there would, 
once the January ones were done, and they did the, the seven in January, um, we expected there would be a hiatus until the Olympics were over in China, uh, as there was. Uh, and then they started after the, after the Olympics, and we, expect that, we expected that they would occur after the Olympics and around the time of the South Korean election. And the South Korean election, presidential election, was on Wednesday. And the uh, last test that the North Koreans did was the previous uh, Sunday. And uh, we also think that they will continue to do these tests uh, between now and the the Communist Party of China's Party Congress in October, uh, because they're very sensitive to Chinese sensitivities, and so they they wouldn't do it during the Party Congress, but they will do it up to that time. Now, obviously, I mean, what's going on in Ukraine and Russia affects everything that's going on around the planet. I'm sure it plays into North Korea. They, I mean... I don't want to say that they're the same position as Russia, but there's a lot of striking similarities between the way the international community is treating Russia and has long treated North Korea, uh, for good reason. I'm not saying we shouldn't, um, but I'm sure they're watching closely to see how this plays out too, right? Yeah, so I, I should just clarify, though, that this isn't uh, a situation of uh, there's no of, of North Korea planning a, a strike against uh, South Korea. Right. There's no sort of a credible assessment of doing that. This isn't a, a Russia surrounding the Ukraine situation. But what the, what the North Koreans will be watching will be to see how far Putin can push the envelope on uh, in regards to Ukraine and what the reaction of the West uh, and of the international community is to that uh, aggression by the Russians in the Ukraine. So the North Koreans will be paying uh, close attention uh, to that. I, I, I might just add about the election on Wednesday of the, in, in South Korea, the new uh, president-elect, who's a conservative candidate, and the, um, he, the, the, the Mr. Yoon. And Mr. Yoon is an experienced and respected public prosecutor in South Korea, but he's had no elected office, and he has no foreign policy experience. And although the election was focused mainly on domestic issues, Mr. Yoon did speak in January in favor of a preemptive military strike on North Korea. This caused a lot of concerns in South Korea and would have rung alarm bells in North Korea. So I expect that the new president will be, or the North Koreans will try to test the new president early on. And uh, given that the new president will take a harder line towards North Korea, uh, that North Korea will reply in kind and, and ramp up its its missile test. So this can be dangerous as the rhetoric on each side eggs on the other side and words can turn to deeds. So this is why uh, there's also there's more scope for misunderstanding and misreading. So it would be important in this context for the USA and for the international community, but particularly the USA, to encourage the new South Korean president to exercise restraint in language and actions. Well, ultimately, it's a good question. It's from one of our listeners. What is North Korea negotiating with the U.S.? Like, literally, what is the goal of North Korea? Is it to get the economic sanctions removed? Is it to sort of uh, no longer be a pariah state? I mean, what is the end goal of North Korea? The number one priority of North Korea is the security of the state. And for, for, as far as they're concerned, the, the retention of nuclear weapons is essential for the security of the state. The United States, on the other hand, says that their 
a main and number one priority is denuclearization. So you have these two opposite um, uh, opposite uh, goals in mind. So uh, if you're looking for an off ramp, um, you will have one would have to look at something that tries to find some uh, common ground. And one of the common grounds, for instance, would be. Um, uh, relief of uh, sanctions or easing of sanctions on the one hand in return for some uh, uh, more continued moratorium on long-range uh, missile testing and on uh, nuclear future nuclear tests. Also some uh, reduction in the uh, uh, North Korean nuclear capacity. Right. But at the end of the game, North Korea is a de facto nuclear state. And that's it's a fact of life, and so uh, the international community will have to deal with this. I, I might also say that um, in testimony before Congress in 2017, the U.S. military said that uh, it would be impossible to destroy North Korean nuclear facilities except with a ground war. You could not do it by air. It would require ground troops by uh, American troops and so on, which is not really feasible. Um, last one. When we see what's going on with uh, the situation in Russia and it's going to the international community and there's votes and things like that, North Korea obviously aligning themselves with Russia, right? Uh, sort of, you know, we're, we're, we're the party of pariah states here? Exactly. So in the vote, which was overwhelmingly against uh, Russia yeah. for invasion of Ukraine, there were only four states that supported uh, Russia, and one of them was North Korea. Basically, uh, you know, I, I, I imagine um, making a trade for future considerations <laughs> and future Russian support. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, never a dull moment, right? And uh, yes. I, I appreciate you coming on, and we'll chat again. I, I imagine this as, as this Russia situation continues, North Korea will try and exploit it to their to their best advantage, right? I mean, there there will be more developments here. Yeah, and they'll be, as I say, they'll be watching closely to see. Uh, what the pushback from right. the West is. Yeah, and learn a lot from it. Uh, James, thanks so much for your time. We'll chat again soon. Okay, thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you. Bye. That is uh, James Trotje, who has uh, just an absolute wealth of experience in that part of the world. As I said, you know, he was a career Canadian diplomat. He led four diplomatic missions to North Korea. He was in charge of political and economic and diplomatic affairs at the Canadian Embassy in South Korea, served as diplomatic liaison to U.S. and U.N. forces in South Korea and uh, sort of saying, hey, don't overlook the fact that North Korea is continuing to do what North Korea does. Does it ever amount to anything? But uh, I guess that doesn't mean it's not something we need to pay attention to.